This is the podcast about the meaning of concepts in business. All right, so I'd like to welcome everyone to our one more, yet another podcast for our biz culture this March. And today I have a very interesting, very exciting guest today with us, Alessandro Carbone, our senior EU projects manager, trainer, and counselor. He's going to tell all about his activities a little bit more just in a second. And uh, the whole topic of our podcast, of our conversation today is very relevant to everything what's happening today, what has been happening. Uh, We're going to be speaking about the concept of crisis. And uh, we're going to look at it from different kinds of angles. And uh, our speaker today is going to share his own perspective, his own new angle towards that. And uh, we'll just see what kind of meaning this crisis have to all of us uh, and businesses globally, uh, and as well as locally nowadays. So Alessandro, welcome. And how are you doing today? Welcome, everybody. Thank you for hosting me today in this uh, postcard. Thank you, Brigitta. Uh, thank you for all the listeners who will be following us in the next uh, minutes. Uh, I'm fine. I was just thinking uh, while you were talking that when we met for the first time in order to prepare all the articles and this postcard, actually the idea of crisis did not include yet the unfortunate war situation we are facing right now. So I don't know what I'm going to say today, but definitely this will will change probably at least some perspective uh, compared to what we uh, discussed uh, more than a month ago at this point. Yes, exactly. Uh, this is uh, my thoughts exactly when I was uh, you know preparing myself. I thought we had this nice chat before. We kind of you know went through some of the thoughts, the concepts, and then today we kind of woke up in this new reality. And uh, another wave, you know, of things is, is happening, and we have to speak about that as well, and because it affects all of us. So that's something. Um, yes, Alessandro. So just tell us a little bit about uh, your activities. What what are you involved with? Uh, what are the main things, let's say, that you're focusing on at the moment? Well, I'm I'm working as a senior project manager, as you anticipated just uh, before, uh, which means I'm doing two main things. I am uh, identifying call for proposal on financing, which comes from uh, the European Union. I work specially on the so-called centralized funds, so the ones which directly are shared from Brussels towards all the countries, uh, compared to the structural funds, which actually are money given by Brussels to the different countries in order to address more local needs, included structures. So including, I don't know, building uh, bridges, et cetera, et cetera. I'm dealing with the first one. So I'm detecting call for proposals. I am developing project ideas to be submitted in order to collect these funds. And my second big uh, job, my big activities is then once the project has been funded to make them run, obviously with a multilateral partnership, which means organization of more than one European country. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Yeah, so this is mainly what I do in very simple words. Obviously, I I could, you know, explain a lot of things uh, about the design of this project, which have to be obviously according to the European policies 
and how to run this project because the challenge is, first of all, delivering quality mm -hmm. in the uh, outcomes we are supposed to, uh, to develop. And secondly, this quality is granted only if the partnership made of different organizations from different countries are properly working together. So my care as a project coordinator in many cases is to make sure that the quality of the working process will then be reflected in the quality of the outcomes. Mm -hmm. Okay, so uh, thank you for that. Um, let's maybe now talk a little bit about this, you know, what this kind of whole post-pandemic maybe situation, because this is something, you know, that perhaps would like, like to begin with. It's something that it's still, we, we are living in this situation, despite everything, you know, this is kind of something that is, has been lagging, you know, for, for, for now many months and, and years. What's the situation, let's say, in, for, for local, for small businesses when it comes to this post-pandemic situation? Are they prepared for that? Are they know, do they know what they're doing? Do they know, you know how they have to deal with the situation, how they're recovering? Is there other certain measures or something for that? What's your kind of opinion on that? Yeah, let me first uh, say uh, the reason why I'm talking on this topic, mm -hmm. because in the first place, I am a owner of a small company. Okay, mm -hmm. so I'm a business owner. So this entitles me just yeah. a little bit to say something valuable. Secondly, because one of the main topic of the projects I'm working on, both in writing and in delivering, uh, refer to entrepreneurship, small and medium enterprises. Okay, so I have a little bit of a personal view over the European dimension of this topic. And, and that's why I might be able to say something which makes some sense. Mm -hmm. um, well, I, I, referring to the small and medium enterprises in the pandemic, I think uh, mainly these organizations, these companies have been hit by the pandemic, okay? Mm -hmm. Big companies were able sort of to compensate, uh, maybe to uh, to adjust, uh, to, uh, to reach out to some savings, while small companies in many cases had to either close, and this is the most unfortunate thing, or to keep a very low profile, to keep going till the uh, crisis uh, was going to be over. Or in the third case, which is the case of many situations, to readjust, but by changing the, let's say, the goal or by changing even the products they were uh, they were producing. I give you an example. I, I, I am very close in contact with a company who's producing, who's selling, sorry, importing from, uh, especially from China and selling uh, products for the house, okay, dishes, glasses, and so on. And at a certain point, obviously, with all the hotel closed, with all the people who were closed at home, this business did not run anymore, okay? So at a certain point, he started producing uh, safety kits, uh, healthy kits uh, for, to deal with the pandemic, okay? And I know this was not his main purpose, but he said, that's the only chance I can survive. I keep going for some months by selling something which was not in my core core business. So I think this happened very often, especially also for very small businesses, uh, freelance, for example, to relocate uh, the object of their business by doing something different, but using the skills and competences and above all the expertise they have developed uh, during their years in order to produce new services or new products. Mm -hmm. So basically, this whole survival kind of in this way is that the majority of those small businesses, they just had to find 
something else, uh, you know, that how they can, first of all, how can they put their knowledge, put their you know, business into something that they can sell? How can, you know, they, they, they can provide with during the need of, during the, what kind of need they can provide during this crisis? And uh, how, how did all, let's say, well, okay, so you, imagine that, okay, you are the, the business owner, yes, of a small business and, and uh, the others as well. So you're surviving this, this period, uh, you relocate, you, you refocus your business onto something okay. else. Yeah. And then now when we come, come back in a way, yes, we're coming back to something a little bit more, let's call it normal. Uh, what's the situation then? Is it then, uh, what, what, what do they have to refocus again? Do they have to rethink, you know, what they're doing? Do they have to come back to their initial businesses or just, you know, again, uh, come back with, come with something new to do in order to survive in this new reality? Now that uh, I would say uh, on one hand, I think it is fair to say that though the pandemic might be Mm -hmm. going, heading towards a, a solution, I think wounds are very open mm -hmm. still for small and medium enterprises, okay? Those who have been able to overcome, to survive, as you said, Brigitte, uh, they are still suffering, okay? Mm -hmm. So this is something we have to accredit to, to the businesses, okay? Having said that, relocation, renegotiation of their goals uh, might not only be a survival tool, a survival approach, but in some cases, it might be even a development, okay? Mm -hmm. As we know, every crisis uh, from a static position uh, throws us to a very deep, uh, deep situation, okay? The rebounds after a crisis, which depends on external factor, but also on internal factors, might put us to a new steady, to a new stability, okay? Mm -hmm. This stability might be lower compared to previous, might be equal compared to previous situation. In some cases, it might be even better than the previous situation compared to the crisis. Now, why I'm mentioning this? Because in many cases, I can give you my example, uh, the situation right now could be potentially even better than before. I give you a very silly, uh, I'm doing a lot of training and consultation, okay? Uh, people before the crisis were expecting to see me live, in person, mm -hmm. doing the consulting, doing the training, especially training, okay? Now, with the crisis, we all went on Zoom and online tools. Now, I am able, actually, I am uh, required from the clients to deliver these training, these consulting activities on a hybrid level, both in presence and on Zoom, so to say, okay? And I think this is, again, because two years ago, I would never think that I could do training online. I would consider it a very impoverishment of my activity. Obviously, this required that I didn't just move my online, oh, sorry, my on-site training into an online situation. I had to develop new ways of attracting uh, my audit. I had to develop new tools in order to share my knowledge, etc. So this was was an effort. Mm -hmm. But now I have both these tools and my ability to relate to people on site. Okay, so I think this overall might be a richness. So um, in terms of diversification, clients might appreciate this. So mm -hmm. they can ask me, could you come to deliver a training or a consulting activities? Or, well, we do it also online. For example, online enables me, and I guess a lot of training organization, to deliver the training with people who are thousands of kilometers away yeah. from where I am at this very moment. Before the crisis, 
I didn't even think of it. It was so obvious that we were relating to the people who we were able to meet physically. So I'm just giving those, this very simple, uh, irrelevant example, but it's, it, it's the one I experienced. You can apply this to bigger organization, to bigger um, situation uh, related to small and medium enterprises. It could be that the crisis can become potentially a chance for development and growth, okay? Mm -hmm. It doesn't happen always like that. As I said, it depends on external and internal factor. But if people have the creativity, the capacity to think out of the box, to, to get the chance to, to see how to exploit even a difficult and problematic situation, I think this crisis might also help us. Obviously, having said what I said at the very beginning, there are companies who are wounded after the crisis. And in this situation, it's very difficult to think of a development and a growth. Uh, but still, there is a chance, okay? Mm -hmm. So there is a chance. So yes, it's, it's what you're saying is, if, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's, you know, when you're comfortable in what you're doing, when, you know, everything goes quite all right, you don't think about, let's say, the, these uh, maybe other possibilities that you could deal with or find uh, and, and even search for, because, you know, it's just not necessary at that time. And the crisis, especially the, the, the whole pandemic situation, showed us that I do agree with you that it, it helped us find out the ways that we would probably never or think of them maybe in more and more years you know, ahead, but it helped us find out other possibilities that we can offer to clients, to you know, people and, and for businesses, you know, not only, as you said, to survive, but actually to take some sort of advantage to. This whole, you know, the, the kind of the, the, the thing what I've noticed, and again, maybe you, know, you could comment on that a little bit more, but during the, the pandemic and during this whole, you know, kind of a shock situation that many people and businesses and, and people as such, you know, we've all encountered that. Um, what, what kind of dialogue or was there any dialogue, let's say, between the, the businesses as such, local businesses, small businesses, freelancers, and let's say higher institutions, public institutions? How, how was that, uh, let's say, communication between them because was there any you know sitting down and discussing you know so these are the things that we're now here this is the situation we're doing this and this is going to be this you know future uh, was there any talk or was just everyone kind of trying on their own to see you know what they can do uh, I would say there was little talk, okay, and probably also with the wrong uh, contents. Uh, let me exploit this. A little talk because um, even in this situation, I think on a higher level, especially government, local authorities, we're trying to definitely to support uh, businesses, no doubt about it, but always with the background that it should be convenient to me on a uh, party election level mm -hmm. okay this was at least my experience i'm living in greece but i am italian so i'm very closely following uh, politics in italian uh, this was so it was not really sitting on a table and say hey businesses what do you need what is the most urgent thing what should be the approach it was something like i need to show you that i'm with you on behalf of the uh, public authorities but in re reality um not really addressing probably the real needs, but more addressing the party needs, the government needs, the public authority needs. This on one hand. On the other side, I think the desperation on one hand and also the, the, the difficult situation in which businesses found themselves brought them to, to have this anxiety to ask 
for support, uh, mainly financial support or a support which was in many cases not very rational. I, I give you just this example. Uh, shops, for example, restaurants, hotels, on one hand, they were just asking, keep everything open, I need clients, okay? But not with the, with the view that if we keep everything open, we might be closed for longer period than if we close now, and which happened in, in, in some cases, okay? There were governments who were closing immediately with a re negative reaction of, uh, I don't know, restaurants, hotels and whatsoever, but this may be allowed to reopen a bit earlier, okay? And in some cases, this was not also a wise decision. So uh, this to say that there was a tentative dialogue between authorities and, and uh, uh, businesses, but sometimes the anxiety or the pressure of the situation brought the discussion on more a utilitaristic approach, what I need here and now, rather than not a sustainable approach. I do understand in an emergency, there is no time to think about sustainability. You want to solve issues here and now. But still, we, we are businessmen, we are public authorities, we should be able to keep a little bit of a distance. Nevertheless, it's not, uh, I mean, a pandemic is a pandemic, but it's not an accident which happens in two minutes and then you have to call an ambulance, otherwise the, the, the victim might die. We had time to think and sometimes we even did take some decisions which were not wise enough. So this should have been a little bit, create some tables where communication discussion would, would be allowed and be uh, wise enough to make also an emergency plan, but with a sustainable view. But has this, uh, the, the crisis that we kind of, you know, survived, maybe not fully, but we kind mm. of, you know, we, we went through it. Um, has it taught, let's say, us some lessons? Are we more prepared for something like that in the future? Uh, deep, in da deep down, I think we have learned something. On mm -hmm. the other hand, in, if you look at the mass behavior, um, sometimes I have the impression we didn't learn anything. Mm -hmm. Actually, we lost even what we had learned before. Yes, that's what I have sometimes. <laughs> I think maybe on an individual level, businesses, business people have learned lessons, okay? They might be more careful right now. They might be looking at differently on the investments they are gonna do, et cetera. On, uh, on a more massive, massive approach, I think the mass people, so to say, I don't know how much and what they have learned, okay? Because uh, I'm following social media and sometimes you realize that uh, this is not the way we should think after two years of pandemic. And now we are celebrating two years of pandemic, okay? It's March 22, everything started at least in Europe, February, January, February 2020. So no, I sometimes I'm, I'm not that positive that we have really learned the, uh, the, the, the lesson, which is a, is, is a pity, is a pity, yeah. It, it is a pity. And at the same time, I think that, you know, it's perhaps sometimes I think that that is kind of a human nature, you know, is that uh, once we're in this crisis, we're, once we're in the shock moment, uh, we try to survive, we you know, try to do something so that, you know, everything is finally over. And once, once it's over, we think that, okay, you kind of, you know, you just try to think that, okay, it will never happen again. It's just kind of, I think, human nature, you know, it's just that you block these bad memories, you know, when you think that that's it. 
And now, a week ago, basically, we woke up in this, uh, again, new kind of, you know, situation, which has turned everything, uh, it made even COVID look not that bad, you know, at the beginning. So what's, what, what do you think the situation is now? How is, how, how, again, what's the, of course, you know, we might think that it doesn't affect us in a way just yet, you know, however, I think that not only Europe, but the entire world is affected and is going to be affected, so businesses, people, you know, governments and uh, everyone. Is it something that we should start preparing now, thinking about it, or kind of as now we're, we're just observing and, and thinking again in a state of shock? Well, let me tell you first uh, something which connects the two topics you just mm -hmm. mentioned, okay, the pandemic and uh, the war we are uh, uh, witnessing right now. I think there is something we have learned, which mm -hmm. is some deep down characteristic of humanity. And I say, I mean it positively and negatively. Uh, I am quite surprised and in some cases also shocked about the fact that uh, the mass didn't really learn a lot out of it, okay? Mm -hmm. Or the cynicism or the polarization, the way they acted during uh, COVID, I never thought this would be a characteristic of humankind. Yeah. On the positive side, I think uh, we have learned how people can be really resilient. I know this word is very uh, uh, abused right now, but I really discovered that there are people who were able to survive situations which no Nobody could think of. Yes. Okay. And each, I think of each of us could have hundreds of examples to testify how people were able to deal with such a, a situation. To make the connection to the war, uh, to the invasion of uh, Russia towards Ukraine, I, I would say that, well, we are learning other aspects now of humankind, okay, unfortunately. Um, and uh, the difference I would figure out uh, in terms of crisis is that we, we did not think this, that the pandemic was a war, though it was affecting us, okay? But we never thought it was a war. Mm -hmm. Now, the way I perceive it, the war of uh, Russia towards Ukraine is perceived as a war. So in a way, almost a little bit more scary. Yes definitely closer to us. I mean, personally, I feel it much more than a conflict in Afghanistan, I'm sorry mm -hmm. to say, okay? I feel this conflict closer to us because it relates to Europe closely, because I have people, I, I'm working with people from Ukraine. I can give you names and surnames of people I know are in deep, deep Dnipro, in, uh, in Kiev and so on. So it affects me very closely. Um, what probably we are not aware yet is on an economical level mm -hmm. how this is going to affect us. And if we are willing to accept the consequences of this war. I give you, I, I give you an example. I think I, I might, okay, this is me. Uh, we might be all, most of us, all on the side of Ukraine and all on the side of the sanction applied to, the, mm -hmm. to, to Russia. But giving sanction to Russia means that we are also exactly. affected by this uh, sanction. The increase of the price of gas, whatever, we can make a list. Are we really willing to? Because this time it affects us. Affects you know, us. It's not something when we say sanction for the Afghanistan war, okay, let them punish the aggressor. Now, if we punish the aggressor, then we pay the cost as well. Mm -hmm. and we need to come to terms with this. Are we willing in order to support one of the two sides to accept the consequences on us 
with regard to the sanction uh, to the aggressor. Uh, and I think this is a new way to deal with a crisis. Okay. Mm -hmm. Also on behalf of businesses, we're talking about primary material, which probably will not arrive as much or will be more expensive in arriving in Europe. Um, flow of money, flow of cash, times of payment. I mean, this will affect employment. This will affect the development of companies, etc., etc. So there is, we are again in another crisis. I think in a way we feel it more because it is a war. We haven't yet perceived how this can affect us. While before it was easier to understand, we were not even able to go out of home. Okay, well, of course, yes. restaurants yes. were not having, that. Yes. Yes. We're not ever that? having clients. This was immediately evident. Okay, now this is not that evident. Okay, we might see that the price of gasoline has raised, but more than that, not yet. Okay, I think this is the the thing we will be learning as businesses, but also as human beings, uh, connected to this uh, crisis, to this war event. Mm -hmm. Exactly, I think that well, th that's natural. That at the moment, you know, it's very difficult to measure, to evaluate anything. You know, what's going to happen, and simply because I think, in 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 very many cases. Uh, you know, as as we've we've just went through one thing, and then you know people kind of wanted to 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 take a breath, and then again exactly. you know something else, and uh, now it's something even bigger that we again we're not completely prepared, we're not ready. What can you know again in this case? What I was thinking, you know, in this kind of case, can there be again any kind of you know maybe in advance thinking about it, any dialogue, you know, again between uh, the the let's say the the businesses itself and the public institutions, you know, and thinking how, because now, now what, what I'm feeling, you know, again, as a human mm -hmm. being, as, as a business person, perhaps, is that, of course, now everyone is trying to become an ally, you know, of anti-aggressor and, and trying, you know, to pull everything from Russia, you know, not, not uh, having any kind of, you know, business with them and everything else. So we kind of, you know, everyone is, is kind of very close, you know, to this, to this not supporting, you know, and supporting Europe and then everyone else. So could there be any kind of, you know, support to the businesses from, let's say, the, the, the public institution or maybe some sort of sit down and, and thinking what could be done, you know, so that we're not at the edge, you know, somewhere in fewer or months or in a year or something like that, or it's not even a time yet for this, for this kind of talk. Well, as a person and also as a business owner, I... What I'm trying to do these days is to, mm -hmm. first of all, to avoid polarization, mm -hmm. okay? Everything is which is connected with Russian is bad and everything uh, connected exactly, yes. with the rest is good. Uh, this is absolutely wrong. I think we need to make distinction, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, which means that if someone is asking me, for example, uh, to offer a training to, I don't know, a, a, a Russian organization, well, I cannot punish the people who might be willing to learn something new because they belong to a country which is attacking another country right now, okay? Uh, it's quite delicate, okay? And But I think on this, I have to work very much on my attitude and my way of, of, of viewing things. I mean, I have heard um, that, I mean, in Italy, just to give you an example, they have canceled a seminar in a university on Fyodor Dostoevsky, okay? Mm -hmm. They have cancelled in a very famous university in Italy. Now, because he is Russian, 
but he's from the previous sector. I mean, what is the connection with that? Okay, so this is very, uh, very risky because if we transform our view in black and white, if everything becomes black and white, then we are the first one to be doomed. Okay, mm -hmm. so this is what the one thing. The second thing I, I'm thinking is that I wish I could enter in dialogue with. Uh, with the diplomacy, because this is where at least the war could stop initially, okay, with the diplomacy and find the right way by means of showing, uh, let's say, decisiveness on the side of Europe, for example, as Ukraine, for example, is, uh, and on the other hand, the ability of negotiation, okay, mm -hmm. because the more we are decisive and we build walls, the more on the other side there will be aggression, there will be stubbornness, and the conflict doesn't solve like that. We know conflicts are solved through negotiation, okay, whether we like it or not, okay. Mm -hmm. So I think that this is what the message I would, as a business as well, to communicate in order to solve the war as soon as possible and in the best way possible, because even here we need to be having a sustainable view, okay. So we need to find a solution in order that peace can be lasting and not just a temporary short-term uh, solution, okay? So this is why, where the dialogue between companies and the uh, public authorities could start, okay? To convey uh, an approach, okay? Though we also know, unfortunately, this has to be said, there are businesses who have an interest in war, okay? They have an interest because it's an economic war and un un unavoidably, okay? Uh, besides what we might think of, but so it has uh, also economical consequences. So um, it's quite delicate and complex, the situation, but I always think me as a person, this is what I would like to convey to my governance, okay? Um, finding solution, finding negotiation, on the other hand, showing decisiveness and showing stability, okay, not allowing the other side to be completely uh, in charge of the of, of the discussion. Uh, it, it is delicate, okay? I think what we have learned in our personal life should now become something which can be applied on a more diplomatic, on a more national uh, level. Well, and I think that that's just, if, if you think about it, it's such a kind of common sense, you know, this what we've learned so far for, through, you know, many years and through the history is that negotiation is always the key, it's always the answer, as, as you know, as impossible it might seem, you know, or is it rash decisions, they never come, you know, they never bring any, any, anyone to, to a good situation. It's always about, you know, just rational thinking, sitting down, talking, discussing, and coming up to some sort of consensus, if, you know, at that time it's possible but not, 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 not jumping into some sort of conclusions, you know, immediately. Uh, so, yeah, you know, I like, I like that at the beginning, you know, when, when we started this discussion, when you spoke about this crisis, again, kind of returning back to this kind of key topic, you know, crisis as such, crisis in business, mm -hmm. crisis in, in, in personal life, you know, that nowadays is happening. But it's just in some cases, uh, crisis might be, in a way, it might be an advantage. You know, it might it might create some sort of advantages for some certain, you know, again, for a business, for a person, for, for a nation, you know. It, it just sometimes is how we look at it. Sometimes, you know, how we deal with it and then uh, what, you know, how we learn, what we learn from it, if we learn anything from it. Biz Culture. This is the podcast about the meaning of concepts in business. Um, I have some uh, keywords that uh, I'd like to, to share with you, and uh, I just simply, we always do that with, with our 
podcast um, mm-hmm. guests. And sometimes, you know, it's just uh, the keywords that, that I listen to you and, and um, throughout your speech. And they just, you know, they kind of stuck in my mind and I mm-hmm. share with you. So you don't have to think about them. You just immediately tell, tell us what comes to your mind when I tell you that word. And afterwards, maybe, you know, you'll just give a, a bit of the roundup, you know, for, for what you've just heard. So the first one, what I'd like to, 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 to tell you is uh, the word negotiation. Uh, I think life is uh, all a process of negotiation. Every day we are negotiation, even with ourselves. When we have to take a decision, we negotiate. We see what are the pro and cons of one decision of the other. And then the big negotiation is that whatever decision we take, we have to give up something, what we do not decide for, okay? I think that's, uh, that's a negotiation accompanies us throughout the day and throughout life on a personal level and then obviously on a interna- interrelational and the business level. Okay. Um, okay, one more. Have one more. Dialogue. Very close. Dialogue. dialogue. Uh, I, I believe in dialogue very much because, uh, first of all, it, uh, it expresses the social sense of human being. Uh, we can dialogue only with other people. Okay, there is an internal dialogue, fine, but still between the two selves of our of ourselves. So in again with two persons or two parts of our person. So dialogue I think it's very much uh, uh, something which I, I think should characterize all of us, but dialogue meant in the bilateral, uh, bi-dimensional uh, level. So the communicating by saying and the communicating by listening. So it has to be a reciprocal flow, saying and listening, okay? Where the listening should be very active listening, I, I believe very much. Otherwise, it's not a dialogue, it's still a mono- monologue with two people. <laughs> a monologue with two people, I like this one. Okay, and of course, the word crisis. I think that we cannot avoid this one. Yeah, we cannot avoid the crisis itself. I think uh, we should stress this. We are not looking for crisis, okay? Human nature, businesses are there to avoid crisis because crises are negative. Let's be very honest. So not to confuse uh, even our audit uh, because we have talking about the positive aspects of the crisis or the uh, positive aspects of the outcome of a crisis. Crisis mm-hmm. is something negative, which breaks a stability in our life. And we know our comfort zone doesn't want to be broken, okay? But since crises are part of our life, we have to deal with them. Now it depends very much, and I repeat, b- besides the external events, it depends also very much on ourselves. What are we gonna do with a crisis? Are we going to play the victim for the rest of our life and say, ah, how unlucky I am, I was hit by a crisis? Or are we going to pull up our sleeves and say, okay, let's do what, let's see what we can do with the crisis. So in this case, crisis can be also a chance, an occasion for growth. Uh, if I think of the small, small children, okay, who are growing, uh, human beings are going through daily crisis, okay, from not sleeping well, having belly ache, uh, falling every now and then when you learn. These crises helped us to grow, okay? So in a way, we cannot avoid them, but at the same time, they are also almost mandatory in order to grow. Okay, this is how we should perceive them. Not be scared of crisis, be prepared. Prevention is very important on the other hand. Uh, So not be 
be surprised by a crisis, though in many cases this might be the case, okay, this might happen. At the other hand, if we are prepared, we can really think that the crisis is not going to devastate us, mm -hmm. or at least to devastate us the minimum possible, but can become really a tool for growth. And I think that, you know, at this kind of point, um, one more thing while listening to you and, you know, you know, kind of description about crisis now, I'm thinking again to this, that at the moment, again, humanity, you know, as such, we're kind of, again, stepping into this unknown, you know, into the unknown situation, something that we're not familiar with, something that we have, some of us, we have never, you know, encountered this kind of situation. And uh, I think that um, for many of us, maybe for all of us, not sure, but we kind of um, start feeling that again, we kind of lose control, you know, over these external factors that uh, are everywhere. You know, we, 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 we understand that I'm not in charge anymore. And again, I have to, you know, adapt, I have to listen, I have to think. So what would you, what would be your stance in this point as a human being, you know, for, I don't know, maybe some sort of a encouragement or some sort of motivation for our listeners, you know, just in this kind of situation where we're stepping into this, not known situation and uh, how could we deal with that? What could we do? Well, exactly because we step in a non-known situation, I think it is very important that we know very much about ourselves, mm -hmm. about our tools, about our strength, about our weaknesses as well, because a crisis might affect us, especially in the weaknesses. Okay, so I think knowing, and I think the uh, Greek uh, philosopher used to tell us, you should know yourself, okay? This is the first mandate we should have, because knowing ourselves, um, how can I say, uh, will help us in addressing and overcoming or dealing with the crisis. Uh, let's never forget that we are the best asset of ourselves, okay? But the asset has to be known. Okay, we need to really discover who we are, what our expertise are, what our skills, what our memory, what is our history. This is our strength. Okay, and with this, we can address negotiation, critical events, whatsoever. But it is very important to know who we are and what we have. What is the capital we are uh, personalizing? We we own actually. Obviously, it's not a financial capital. It's a mm -hmm. it's a knowledge capital. It's a skill capital. It's uh, experience, expertise. I think this is very important, and I would really recommend to this everyone. Uh, nobody doesn't have this capital. Okay. The issue is to find it out and find out how this can be a value to be used in life. Okay, but I'm sure everybody has it. And even the older you get, the more you have, because obviously the capital of a 50-year person <laughs> is much richer, it's much more developed in positive and negative sense than a 10-years-old child, okay? So, uh, yes, I think this, this is something we need to absolutely focus on. Find out what is our capital, what, are our, what is our asset, how we can be defined as an asset and use this asset, exploit it. Let me use this uh, very provocative mm -hmm. word, exploit mm -hmm. this asset in order to address what happens in, uh, in our life. It seems uh, so simple in a way, yes? just getting to know yourself. It seems such a thing that, you know, we, we just getting to know exactly, as you said, you are the best asset, you know, just you are the best asset. Uh, you know, sometimes for this, you, mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm afraid to say this is an exercise you cannot 
do by yourself, paradoxically, mm -hmm. okay? You need to have a mirror in front of you. Mm -hmm. In order to say, to see if you are beautiful or ugly, let's use this uh, very yes. familiar example, you mm -hmm. need a mirror, okay? Then if you are ugly, you can become better. Then if you are beautiful, you can keep your beauty because you have a mirror in front of you. What are the mirrors in our life? I think the mirrors in our life are the people around us, okay? Mm -hmm. Are even the community around us because from there, from them, we get the feedback. They tell us, not necessarily by words, but by behavior, uh, what we are, okay? What they appreciate of ourselves, or what are, uh, what do they consider as a weakness of ourselves? And this should not devastate us. A weakness can be transformed, okay? But we need to be in front of a mirror. So that's how we um, discover our capital. That's how we can strengthen our weaknesses. And that's how we can exploit our values. Alessandra, thank you. I think it's something that um, I guess that uh, we should leave our listeners with this some sort of an exercise, you know, now that uh, just starting, you know, as you said, getting that mirror, you know, in, in a real or, or kind of imaginary sense of way, but just having that mirror in front of us and starting from ourselves, not, you know, jumping and searching and screaming and, you know, panicking or something, but just basically learning what how we, you know, can help, what we are best at, and, and uh, just learning something about ourselves and preparing for everything that's, you know, in the future for us, because, you know, as we all learn, sometimes we don't know that, but it was pleasure listening to you. Yeah, I think that everything that you've shared with us today, it's it's not just something, you know, that uh, I think that everyone can take something, bits and pieces, you know, for, from everything what you've said, you know, because we've covered, I think, quite many kinds of, you know, points in, in such a short time, but it was pleasure listening and it was very constructive. This is, you know, that I appreciate very much. I really hope so for everybody, yes. Yes, it was. So thank you so much for joining us today at our March podcast by Bisculture. And I'd like to welcome everyone to listen to more, to, to stay with us and listen to more of our podcasts in the future. And have a nice day, everyone. And thank you, Alessandra, so much. Take care. Thank you for hosting me. Bye. Bye. Bisculture. This is the podcast about the meaning of concepts in business.